0: Jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, and me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest tonight is a national correspondent for The Atlantic and a New York Times bestselling author whose latest book is called We Were Eight Years in Power An American Tragedy. Please welcome Tanahasi Coates. <laughs> Welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, back. It's
1: good to have you, man. This is, uh, this is fun. Before, before we get into the, into the book, th- there's a story that came out of the book that I, like a side of you that I didn't really know about, uh, a piece of you that I went back and read on, and that was Tanahasi the blogger. You know, you, you blogged a lot. You, you, you speak in the book about how this is where you forged your writing, yeah. you know, it was, it was your dojo in a way. Yeah. Do you sometimes miss that Tanahasi where you could say whatever you want? you know, there, there wasn't the scrutiny on you, you were just spitting your ideas out there?
0: All the time. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, I mean, I, um... You know what happened last year? Uh, I got... I was doing another interview show, and I got asked who I was voting for, and I said I said I was voting for Bernie Sanders, and a New York Times reporter called me after that. Right. And it was clear I, like, I couldn't talk in the same way anymore. Like, I just didn't have, like, the ability. I had to, you know, very much weigh... You know, how I... Because in my mind, it's just me talking. It's just the guy from West Baltimore talking. He might know or he might not know. But, you know, then I realized that people don't necessarily see it that way. Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because people see you as
1: knowing. Everything you put down on a page, they see as you knowing. But in this book, what you've done is you've gone back and you've said, I didn't know and I should have known and I wish I would have known, which which is an interesting way to go back Mm. and look at your life and look at eight years in power, uh, the book is really looking at Obama's uh, tenure. Right. Looking right. at that time. Right. Am I correct in saying that this is a pessimistic outlook on on what that out years uh, on what the, 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 the those eight
0: years meant? I don't know. You know, it's a, it's an odd thing. You know, I'm I'm a, a journalist. Like that's. I mean, I, I know people don't see that anymore. But uh, you know. Um, my editors never say, you know, well, ta you know when I tell them to go right, is this gonna be hopeful? Right. You know, is this gonna be optimistic or, or pessimistic? So it's, it's hard for me to answer that as a, as a practitioner. It, it is what it was, if that makes any sort of sense. That's, like from the aspect of actually creating the thing. Yes. I, I don't think, wow, this is gonna be a really depressing story, or wow, this is gonna make people feel great. You know, it's, it's not really in my mind. I'm trying to get answers. Right. You know, um, and if those answers tend to be depressing, then I think that's because of uh, previous stories that maybe we've told ourselves about the world. That's, that's interesting because I, I've, I've seen a few white people who have
1: said, ta how can you condemn this country? You know, they go like, ta I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I mean, you're right about the slavery, and you're right about the Jim Crow, and you're right about segregation, and you're right about, you know, mass incarceration, but, but really, is it, is it that bad? <laughs>
0: myself of condemning the country, right? Right. Like, I think what it is is if you believe, if you believe in the American exceptionalist myth, you say America is somehow higher than all other countries, that it's touched by God, that it really is, you know, as we talked about, that city on the hill, then yes, I'm condemning it. Yes, I mean, but if you believe as I believe that it's a society, it's a country established by humans with all the beautiful things and all the flaws that come from being a human being, then no, it's just a story,
1: right? It's just a story. Would you like what if I what if I presented this to you? What if I said it is exceptional? What if I went America is exceptional in the same way Superman is exceptional, but then there is the Clark Kent side of Superman. You know, the flaws, the the, the cracks in, in the facade. More, can you, can you be exceptional? It's more like Superman
0: and Alexa Luthor side, like if they were the oh, same wow. person. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's much more like that, Right. you know? Um, I, I, I don't know. I think um, there is a heavy missionary impulse that is buried in the American psyche. And maybe it's buried in the psyche of all people, like where they want to believe their country is somehow distinctly more moral or more just than all other societies and countries before. Um, I don't see myself necessarily as saying anything that's, you know, that, right. you know, sort of out there, but I think it does attack that idea. That just somehow, you know, particular, special, different, exceptional. You, you, you take us through each year,
1: of the Obama presidency, and it's interesting how the book starts from a place of hope, excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about how you went with your partner, you bought food, you were and yeah. It was like, oh, black times, baby. It was yeah. good things. We used a different phrase. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> paraphrasing. That's what I felt. Black times. <laughs> and black uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then, as as the presidency unfolds, we mm-hmm. we 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 go through this journey with you. That's really powerful because you take us to a place where, in many ways, you argue that. Obama's presidency and black leadership in any way, shape, or form Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is in some way contributing to white supremacy, which is a very complicated argument. What what do you mean when you say that? I
0: wouldn't quite put it. I would say it's, it's not, you know, like, I don't think Obama did anything but be a human being and, you know, go into the office and just happen to be somebody to check black on the census form. It's the reaction to that, right? It's always the reaction to the ordinariness, to the bourgeoisness, to the middle classness of you know normal everyday black people, and how well that accords with what this country claims to value. That, that's always a threat because it automatically undermines the suppositions of white supremacy, which says that black people, you know, don't take care of their kids. Black people, are, you know, are you know always you know killing each other, ending up in jail. Like there's a kind of moral judgment. That can always be made on black people. This goes back to you know justifications to slavery, and black folks who present themselves you know in, in, a, in a particular way as undermining that, it, you know it, it, it's always a threat to the thinking about white supremacy. I think that's why folks were so offended by Obama. You know, like they couldn't grasp that he was actually black, and so they became this whole other mythology that sprung up around them, most, you know, specifically in this birtherism thing. Somehow he's he, not legit. He could not
1: be from here because he's not the black that we believe black to be.
0: Exactly, and there's another word that I cannot use up here, but I think that, that they actually want. That's the archetype of what right. that is. But that he would be black and be human, and all the, again, not exceptional, all the normal ways of a human being. Kiss your wife, love your wife, got a dog. You know, two kids, just normal human every day was too much, you know what I mean? And I think that contributed to the birtherism, you know, all the sort of weird conspiracy theories that, you know, sprung up around them. When you, when you talk about the backlash
1: that many people have tried to dissect, looking at the election, um, you, 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 one of your arguments is, in many ways, Trump was a backlash to Obama. Right. Now, I, 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 I understand the argument, but I go, was mm. Was this a backlash to Obama, or was it a backlash to the establishment, to Hillary Clinton, to more of the same? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, Mitt Romney and Donald Trump had the same amount of votes, mm-hmm. you know? Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton is the person who had fewer votes, mm-hmm. and so it feels like it was less the people rallying around Trump in the, in the, national, pres- mm-hmm. in the national election, more people rallying around him in the, in the Republican nomination. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that,
0: like, does it have to be a backlash? Do you think it was a backlash? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. I mean, you're right, it was a reaction. I think it was, to some extent, a reaction to Hillary Clinton. I think it was a reaction to the fact of having the possibility of a woman president. Right. I think that was definitely there. Um, But I've heard, you know, people who make this argument about Mitt Romney and Trump all the time, as though Mitt Romney and Trump uh, are equal. Um, Mitt Romney had been governor. He had run for president before. He was a very, very practiced politician. The fact that Trump, who had no experience at all in politics, who said all sorts of outrageous things, who was caught on tape bragging about uh, sexual harassment, was even in spitting distance of Mitt Romney shows you how much the bar was lowered. So the fact that you know they somehow, that doesn't prove much to me. He, if, if, he were, if him and Obama were being judged by the same standards, he wouldn't even have been in a race. It's the lowered bar that I think attests to the fact you know, of, of backlash. When you look at the complicated relationship between white supremacy
1: and misogyny, that's like a very complicated mm-hmm. space to be in, you know, where you go, white supremacy and the oppression of women have been tied together in ways that I, I even struggle to, yeah. to comprehend. How does how does that play? And have you even taken the time to read through that? Because I know you don't you don't you know you're, you're not a journalist yeah. of everything.
0: Um, there are better people than me that that, that can address right. that. Um, but I, I think you know one one of the notions that 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 you know is always there is the fact that having a black president like that was a fundamental shift. I mean, you had had a line of white dudes, you know, before him, and then you were going to immediately follow that up w- with a woman. You know, I think you know it was it was almost unfortunate that Hillary Clinton had to run after there had been a black president. I mean, you're talking about you know just a, a, you know two big big you know moments of just huge huge change. I think. Before I let you
1: go, one, one last question. Talking to the idea we were eight years in power, mm-hmm. you draw in the book many parallels between a time when black people were ruling, mm-hmm. the backlash that came afterwards, and Obama's rule and the backlash that came afterwards. Mm-hmm. One thing you also do in the book, and I don't know if it's coincidental or not, is you also draw parallels in the response to that backlash. Mm -hmm. You have the civil rights movement that comes afterwards. Do you think that in some ways Donald Trump's presidency will be the slingshot that propels America even further forward? Is there a possibility that now you will have more people engaged in politics, you will have more women who are running for office, you will
0: have more men who are accountable for sexual harassment. Do you think there's a possibility? Yeah, there's a possibility. It also could be the trap door that plummets us into the abyss, so. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other, one or the other. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know. I'm one or the other though.
1: <laughs> I hope when I'm on my deathbed. I'm just
0: having fun now. <laughs> now I'm just having fun. <laughs>
1: No, thank you so much for being here. Always, man. Always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> we were Eight Years in
1: Power is available now. It's fascinating. You want to read this book. Tenehasa coats, everybody. The
0: Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.
1: Survivor's back, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.